Llegó la venta en Vuelve la Alegría de JCPenney. Completa tu lista de regalos y ahorra 25% extra con el cupón de esta semana. O ahorra hasta 80% en joyería fina con ofertas Redbow después del cupón. Visita Sephora dentro de JCPenney y encuentra las marcas de belleza y perfumes que les encantan. Y aprovecha y entrega tu auto. Juntos en celebración y paz. JCPenney. Ofertas válidas del 20 al 24 de diciembre. Aplican condiciones y exclusiones. Sephora se excluye de los cupones. Detalles en la tienda o jcp.com. Curling fans, as America's best curling teams prepare to compete on the world stage, you've come to the one place with everything you need involving USA Curling. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson. Get ready for everything that you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, anything involving Team USA forming and the 2018 Winter Olympics in South Korea for Team USA Curling is found here. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson and the 12th In Sports Network crew powered by Isagenics. The Extra Extra End is back, episode 30, I believe we're on 37 now, Joe. Uh, I, I don't even know what episode we're on, but all I know I is that... I think we're on 36, but that's all right. It's thir- not a big deal either way. Who cares the number? All I know is we, things have run together and things are running us directly to Fargo as we will be getting on planes tomorrow and then myself uh, on Friday is we will mostly all descend on Fargo and Shields Arena this weekend for a week-long March 3rd through 10th USA Curling Nationals 2018 because it seems like we might have a little bit of a skeleton crew, but nonetheless, we have a packed schedule, which we'll get into in a second. But how's it going this week? Oh, man. It's uh, it's quite the schedule everybody's got, I think. Uh, Going to have to worry about uh, weather travel and, you know, or travel weather and all that. And, you know, it's... It's going to be a tight uh, turnaround time for us uh, getting everything set up, but we are uh, ready to go. We've got all of our equipment's already arrived. We just have to get there and set it all up. Yep. Yeah, make sure that as you're listening right now, if you're a first-timer or a long-time listener, appreciate you tuning in. And uh, certainly the Extra Extra in podcast with the 12th and Sports Network say that right now because you want more curling. We're going to give you more curling, Joe. Tell them we're going to give you it to you in full-blown doses almost all day, every day for a week. Let everybody know how they can watch and stream USA Nationals. Sure, absolutely. You know, uh all the draws are going to be exclusively on usacurl.org. Uh, TESN is producing uh, a game, a feature game from each round robin matchup and the playoffs. Um, we, if you've seen any of our coverage before, you know that we bounce from sheet to sheet. So, uh, if uh, you know a game gets out of hand, we move to a different game. But uh, starting March third, four thirty local time, that's Central time. We're going to start with uh, McCormick versus Dunham, and then uh, we're going to then really just get crazy on the fourth, where we have four games starting at 8 a.m. And so it's a it's a very packed schedule. It's going to conclude uh, March 10th with the women's final at 12:30 p.m. local time, and March 10th, uh, 5 p.m. for the men's final. Uh, local time. Yeah, we'll bring you uh, outside of Saturday, basically when everything gets going, basically at least, and I say at least because we've got three days where we've got four draws. I mean, literally sun up to sundown and then some. You'll be able to watch uh, USA Curling Nationals with us at usacurl.org. Um, it is a it is an absolute jam-packed schedule as we will set up shop in Shields Arena in Fargo, North Dakota. Can't wait to do this with uh, Joe, B.A., and our entire team it's always a lot of fun. Usually come Thursday, that fun shifts to uh, exhaustion uh, as we approach playoffs, Joe. <laughs> yeah, look for that Facebook picture that Brian will take of me as I'm taking a nap somewhere in between draws. <laughs> hey, and the four-day draws, there's only going to be about maybe 40, 60 minutes max to do that. So if you can sleep and get a power nap in, I want to watch uh, because I need you to teach me. But a couple things we got yeah, coming does, up. Does, mm-hmm. Sorry, real quick. Does mm-hmm. Shields Arena have Grubhub or something like that? We need to send out for some take out every uh, every drop. Uh, this new diet I'm on right now and I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to get this thing taken care of. My wife's giving me all kinds of tips about, you know, things to get at the concession stands and I said, "Babe, with 40 minutes to turn this thing around, I don't know how well I'm going to be able to stay on the rails uh, you know, in Fargo." But she said, "Just plan ahead. I'm going to do my best, but I'm with you. I think it's going to I think an abundance of chili dogs and those kind of things is likely to be coming to the press box. What do you think? 
Oh, absolutely. I think uh, hot dogs are uh, going to be the meal of the day. Yep. But uh, the, other, the other thing I want to mention to you, Price, real quick, is oh, yeah. that, you know, people always ask me, um, you know, so what is, what's it like when you go to these places? You know, we went to, to Everett last year and we went, uh, you know, uh, uh, to uh, Omaha and now we're going to Fargo. Yep. Um, what's it like in those towns? I said, well, I have no idea. I mean, <laughs> we hardly ever leave the arena. And so I can tell you every last detail about Shields Arena or or uh, the Xfinity Center or whatever we went to uh, out in uh, out in Everett, but um, you know, it just knowing the town. I know very little about the town. I know I know the directions from the hotel to the arena and back, and that's about it. Uh, it's it's a it's a grueling kind of uh, schedule, but we're really excited to bring it to you starting March third. Yeah, because that's all we do. I mean, literally, that's all we do is go pretty much straight from hotel to arena. If we leave the arena, it might be to go to the store once or twice, or to find food somewhere. Uh, and then back to a hotel because it literally that's all we do. But uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting you mentioned that because they are long days, but they are by and large fun days because we bring curling into the homes and iPads and iPhones and uh, your smart TVs everywhere. So and I know with everybody thirsting for more right now, you're going to be able to get a lot more, and that's what we're going to deliver on the Twelfth and Sports Network. And just real quick, let everybody know what we got coming up in this episode. We're going to in the very final segment, we'll we'll pivot and preview USA Curling Nationals uh, in our final segment. But guest interviews coming up. Jason Knapp, who called the play-by-play action uh, in South Korea for NBC Sports, going to talk with Jason, get his perspective on, you know, just kind of what he witnessed, where things go from here, um, just kind of what he saw and how he saw it uh, as John Schuster brings home the gold medal. And then we'll talk with Coach Phil Drobnik, a USA men's national team coach. Uh, he'll talk a little bit about everything that happened, how curling has now fundamentally changed around the United States from coast to coast. He'll also shed some light and kind of explain the decision why Team Schuster decided to pull out of curling nationals this starting this weekend in Fargo. I think a lot of people have had a lot of questions. Some have had disappointment. Some have understood completely, uh, but Coach Drobnik will give a little bit more insight into that. But Insight is what we will do right now, Joe. How about just things jumping off the page right now, coast to coast? You've probably seen it on Twitter. I know your curling club is, ex- is probably experiencing it in Rochester, as mine is here in Greenville, South Carolina. The boom is in full effect. Curling clubs are bursting at the seams locally nationwide. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, here in Rochester, we have a Learn to Curl set up for this Saturday, and, and it is completely packed, and it's been packed for weeks. And um, we would love to probably open up more spots, but we just don't have any any times available. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's definitely exciting. It, I saw a picture from I think it was Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, yep. Where people were in the the arena and they were stacked in the stands like it was a hockey game. Yep. And they were just waiting, I guess, for a chance to get out on the <laughs> ice. And it, it's unfortunate that our game is such that you can only get so many people on the ice at one time. Um, but it's really encouraging to see so many people in an area where um, curling is probably not something most people had heard a whole lot before. I'm really taking to it and, and getting out there and giving it a try. I saw a tweet just a little bit ago from at Skippy Jason. Three confirmed instructional leagues of 24 new curlers per league. That's 72 definite participants plus another 51 on a waiting list. I can tell you for a fact, I know up in Charlotte, they have added at least a hundred members uh, since the weekend. I mean, a hundred new members. Where are you going to put them? I don't know. You know, my club uh, added another learn to curl, and there's just only so much room on the ice. And I've even seen uh, clubs around the country that are canceling leagues and shaving off league nights to put learn to curls on the ice to get more people out there to give them a taste of it. Well, that's amazing. We're we're going to have to figure out a way to get more ice, uh, whether dedicated or arena or whatever, in some of these communities where where it's taken off. People are going to have to start being very creative, I think, in terms of their ice time um, yeah. to try to maintain this interest. I mean, it, we were estimating somewhere between somewhere around thirty to 35,000 active curlers in the United States before this um, Olympic cycle. Um, it would not surprise me if we were close to double that by next year. Wow. And I, so where do you put all those people? I mean, that's just, I, I don't know where you, where you do it. And the good news is I, I read um, online that Jacksonville now has stones. Um, you know, so there's other places out there now that, that didn't have stones, didn't have ice time that have it now. And they are ready for this boom. And that's exciting to see curling in new places. 
Yeah, our, our Palmetto Club, I know currently a uh, fundraising drive right now to raise money for a, a two- to three-sheet uh, dedicated facility. So, I, And I know other clubs are in that same boat, and when you get that dedicated ice like they have up the road, at least for me in Charlotte and then down the road in Atlanta – Boy, you can do a whole lot more things because, like, uh, you know, the lock-ins. I think the Atlanta, the Peachtree Club in Atlanta did, like, a lock-in, you know, to watch oh, the – that's a uh, great idea. <laughs> yeah, for the championship final. But, I mean, that just opens up a whole new doors uh, because when you're arena ice and you're basically, you know, sharing it with figure skating, local figure skating practice or local hockey teams and stuff like that, you, I mean, you only get it – like, we only get ice Tuesday nights from basically 7 to 11 and that's it, you know. Right. And there's always so many sheets where you can play so many people. But it is a good – problem to have and you know the guys uh, are about to uh, embark on a uh, well they are embarking on a media circuit already it's basically hasn't stopped since they won the gold but I uh, believe tomorrow night tomorrow being Thursday night uh, tonight's show appearance I believe the t- oh, that's Friday night Friday night Friday night, Friday night yep. uh, today's show on Saturday morning uh, they're going to be in uh, Annapolis, Maryland, where I spent five uh, wonderful years. Uh, worked a lot of games at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium, where the outdoor hockey game that the Washington Capitals are hosting, I believe the guys are dropping the puck. Uh, they are on Saturday night. That one can be seen live on NBC. Of course, we'll be on the air. Maybe we can have a uh, you know a stream up so we can catch those guys uh, in the press box at Shields Arena. But that this media tour is just going to do nothing. Certainly, it's going to help them uh, with sponsorship deals and everything, but just continue the visibility of curling nationwide joe yeah absolutely i know that there's probably a few people who are disappointed that that uh schuster you know winds up being ineligible for worlds because he's not competing at nationals um but this is really good for the game and i know that they recognize that too and and while they're sacrificing something uh, you know a chance at a world championship um I think in the long run, they know that it's worth it for USA Curling overall. Yeah, and Coach Drobnik, everybody wants to kind of hear some of the rationale behind this. He's going to explain it. Uh, that will be one of our interviews uh, after Jason Knapp from NBC Sports, and we'll bring you up, Coach Phil Drobnik, U.S. National Team Coach. And, you know, selfishly, I wish these guys were going to be there. I But – just to see them, uh, just to have them there, uh, to to give them a hug and just to hang out. But you know, there's really not a whole lot to be gained because you've been in that pressure cooker. Um, you, you're you're just you're drained. You're mentally drained. But you won an Olympic gold medal. Uh, that's going to trump a world championship. Uh, winning a gold medal at the Olympics, and I know and that you have the- to take. I'm sorry, you have to take care of these opportunities when you can. Right. I mean, a good example is uh, John was on Golick and Wingo um, uh, the other day, yep. um, ESPN2 morning show, uh, radio coast to coast. I mean, and they had him on for 15 minutes, and they, they previewed it the day before. They previewed it the half hour before. Yep. They felt it was important, and they spent a lot of time on it in a, on a show that spends probably – what, 80% of their time on football and basketball? I mean, that's that's what they do. And um, they spent a good 15 minutes just on John and the gold and how important that was. And it just tells you that it's a great story and that, that media folks are latching onto it and they want to have more content about what happened yeah. uh, and, last week. And not only that, they double-dipped because today, this morning, they had a question out on Twitter, and I'm not sure if it was on Facebook as well, but basically it was a, uh, you know, kind of a, a two-day thing where, you know, sponsorship opportunities what products would be best uh you know to sponsor the guys and in, in usa curling that tells you that it it resonated it resonated because they went back to the well with curling for a, a a social media question the next day so you know job well done and the visibility this is just going to get this just just this just doesn't happen you know i mean this has never happened so i mean the, the kind of exposure visibility on some of the biggest mediums um, that we have in the country, it's the long-term benefit of the sport far outweighs the short-term game for these guys in a basically about a month span. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, you know I heard that that for the Olympics, curling was the number one topic on Facebook over figure skating, over hockey. I mean, these are things that the Olympics they that's all they want to focus on, yep. and um, and. Curling overcame that without a ton of exposure on the main network um, with a, a, a slow start in mixed doubles with a slow start by Schuster's team without, without Nina making the playoffs. 
um, all because this team turned it around, found it something within themselves, and made made that happen. Um, I don't blame them for take for for taking this media tour, getting a rest off the ice as well. It probably doesn't hurt. Uh, they have some big plans. Um, you know, they're going to be doing slams, and and they are going to be competing at the highest level all the time. Yep, their next slam announced this week. Just uh, to let everybody know, the last team in, they will be one of ten, eight Canadian teams, two. Um, foreign teams, I say foreign, but non-Canadian, and those two non-Canadian, you guessed it, the two that competed for the gold medal, Nicholas Adine, John Schuster, then you got eight Canadian teams at the Princess Auto Elite 10. That's going to be in Winnipeg, March 15th through the 18th, so the guys will be getting back to the ice and getting ready for that one. Um, as they've got, uh, I can't remember who their opener is, I know they've got uh, Cooey and I believe uh, Mike McEwen are their other two round-robin games. So they will be headed to Winnipeg for the Elite Ten, the next to last Grand. I think no, it's we've got the Players Championship too. So two more Grand Slams after the Elite Ten, but and the Champions, the Champions Cup, Champions Cup is what we end with. Yep, absolutely. Yep. So, all right, Joe, let's uh, let's step away for a second. Let's get uh, Jason Knapp in here. I think you're going to really be interested to hear his uh, his take and his thoughts on everything, and then certainly Coach Phil Drobnik, then Joe Calabrese, and I. We will come right back. And we will talk about the 2018 USA Curling Nationals in Fargo, North Dakota, where we are headed tomorrow and Friday. We'll be right back here on the Extra Extra All right, here we go, the Extra Extra in, and you know, excited to have Jason Knapp, NBC Sports Play-by-Play, brought us all the thrilling moments, action from... The curling venue there uh, at the 2018 Winter Olympics. Jason, welcome in. I, I guess really, you know, kind of like a lot of people who who've been there, just just encapsulate what you witnessed, what you experienced these last what three three and a half weeks in Korea. Well, uh, Price, thanks for uh, having me on. It, you know, it's it's uh, is amazing. I mean, the Olympics are always great. This was my fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, second doing some sort of curling. So it's always a great experience. You always are invested because it's the pinnacle yep. um, of so many sports. But, you know, it, it, what was already <clears throat> a unique kind of curling event with the emergence of some different storylines, I mean, just got turned sideways yeah. with John Schuster and that role. I mean, that was incredible. Um, you know, we I, I've been getting a lot of texts from different people that, that were watching that weren't mm-hmm. curling people. And I'm really enthused to see what this means, you know, for the sport in the States and, and even in a larger part as well with with what the South Korean women did, the Japanese women did as well. Mm-hmm. Before we get to everything that you watched, what do you think, you know, having you know been around the game and, you know, uh, all the events we have, uh, whether it's Curling Night in America that you do, uh, certainly another tour of duty in the Olympics and, you know, what. Is there any way to really truly understand what this might do to the sport of curling grassroots wise, coast to coast here in the United States? I don't know, you know, because, uh, again, I've just come in in the past few years and learned and relied on a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know to, to have a full grasp of where it is, but from just my perspective of looking, just people are talking about it that wouldn't necessarily talk about it. And the fact that the U S is in a gold medal game, it's on from live from 1am to 4am. I just saw the number and I think about 1.6 million people watched it at that time live, which is a ginormous number for curling. And it's just a big number overall. They said it was the second most watched like overnight event of the Olympics besides the women's hockey game. Now, wow. Granted, there wasn't a ton of overnight stuff, but just, I think, the, the great thing is you want to get a new audience. How do you get a new audience? You have the U.S. playing for gold, mm-hmm. frankly. And I think that certainly opened some eyes where people, even if they didn't know what was going on, were invested because Americans were trying to win an Olympic championship. When did you when did you get a sense? And maybe it wasn't until you know they beat Canada and actually wow this they're going to play for gold. But when did you get a sense that maybe something incredibly special was starting to unfold with Team Schuster? You know, I don't know. I just, you know, John kind of had his emotional kind of thought with Trenny. And Mm -hmm. and to me, just as a as a person, I just 
I think he just released a big weight that he was had inside of him. And, and just, I think winning Canada for him, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't know, you can ask him, this is just my, my take on it. I yeah. think that just for him, just validated, look, if he's Canada, we can do this. Yeah. Right. And, and again, what people don't realize is they, John has not performed at the, the last two Olympics clearly. But if you look at history, the teams they beat in this five game winning streak, they have beaten those teams before, yeah, granted, yeah. not not at a mm-hmm. Olympics. So I think one little step for him to say, okay, I can do this at the Olympics. And then all of a sudden, these are all teams they've beaten. If you saw them on social media all week, they were they were having fun. They were interacting with people. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of took their mind off it. And it's interesting, with the exception of the Swedish women in their gold medal game, all of the other teams that you had kind of expected to make runs mm-hmm. for one reason or another, to me, didn't seem like they did. Is it the pressure of, uh, I don't know. Those guys just, they didn't seem like they felt anything after that. And after the semifinal, when I went down and talked to John a little bit, I just came back and I'm like, I think they're going to win just yeah. because they, they just looked, he just seemed confident. They were loose. And you've seen this team play yeah. when they're having fun. They can, they can beat a lot of people, and they did. Yeah, yeah. Continue with Jason Knapp, NBC Sports play-by-play. You know, along with Kevin Martin, Trini Kaznarek brought us the the thrilling moments and just a, a, a curling withdrawal is what we are going through now, but not for long as we're getting ready to head to Fargo for USA Curling Nationals this weekend. You know, but Jason, what was it like in the arena? Because you obviously knew that the Koreans on the women's side, uh, you know, they were doing their thing, so there was a lot of enthusiasm there, but – we heard, we saw the American fans in there, but were there other fans that were just flocking to the Gang Young Curling Center that were getting behind Team USA that were sensing? Because I know a lot of the Koreans uh, didn't really, maybe some didn't understand the game and, and would cheer when they saw points come up. But in terms of yeah. just the support rallying around Team USA, did you get that feel? I think a lot of people kind of came in from the United States perspective and just kind of rallied around them. Again, if you listen to a lot of the games during round robin play mm-hmm. in the four games, the, the South Korean contingent was really rooting for their team. And as you mentioned, they weren't necessarily rooting <laughs> at the right time because they're still learning the game, but they're so invested. The people there are so, were so welcoming, so warm and really starting to get a grasp and their team is so endearing and they made such a push. And it's really interesting. We talked a little bit about it in the women's gold medal game. It was a nine o'clock AM start time for the women's gold and again, they have to get all the events done so mm-hmm. they can get everything done by the time the opening cer- or the closing ceremonies are there. I do think that that affected the crowd energy early in the morning. They mm-hmm. weren't as boisterous as they were in other times. And, and you know, again, Sweden, South Korea get off to a little slow start. And the, the energy was just never them for them, you know, from that game. But but the Swedish women, to me, were clearly the best team in that side of the tournament. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, you, not to ask you where things rank, you know, as a sports broadcaster, because you do so many games and you do so many moments. I know that this one was incredibly special, but, you know, to be able to have it in any time you call a game, I mean, technically the results are all history, right? But this was yeah. epic history in the annals of a entire organization in an entire sport for a country that was USA curling and the sport of curling itself. What to have that moment, did did it you know, taking a step back on the plane home, I mean, it kinda hits you because of your call was just absolutely epic, fantastic, Jason. Uh thank you. I appreciate that. But you know, there's so many people that are invested, you know, mm-hmm. behind the scenes, just, you know, helping us with, with everything. You know, kept you know, guys that help teach me the game and Kevin Martin and Pete Fenson and our stats people, like a guy like Dean Gemmel who's working back in oh, Connecticut yeah. helping things and yep. Kelly Crake, my right hand woman, my <laughs> yeah. can my cancer who was in our in our office there. But everybody as a team just works so hard and you do that game. And I was telling someone after the game because we were exhausted. I mean, that's, you know, 16 days, straight days of curling. We figured that was probably game 25 in 15 days. So we were, you know, and we had two other crews also calling games. But for us, that game, I've called other gold medal events before, Sure. um, you know, in wrestling. But the magnitude of that, just for the fact of it's a three-hour roller coaster ride Mm -hmm. you know there's no kind of let up and until 
you know, the U.S. got the the five in the eighth, which really sealed it. Yeah. It was still in doubt. So you're looking at two hours plus of kind of intensity. And, you know, it, it, it was it was it was one of the best one of the best days I've had of my career, just because we always say we, we travel a lot. We, we do a lot. We try to prep. We try to do everything justice. Um, and those are the days that you live for, for us, just like those guys, that's the day that they'll never forget. It's one I'll never forget. That's, those are the times that you, you live in this industry to be there for a, a big moment that matters and that you, hopefully your best work shines and that people kind of, mm-hmm. you know, are able to take it and it resonates with folks. One of the only words I've, I've really been able to come up with, Jason, is uh, to kind of encapsulate everything that happened was was spectacle. I mean, it was a spectacle yeah. that we witnessed because, I mean, we kind of joked half-heartedly, but y- you know you've arrived in the sport when you have a 30-minute pregame show like you guys did. <laughs> to see the live shots in Duluth of the Duluth Curling Club out in San Francisco, the, the, the Bay Area Club out there, to see these a nation coast-to-coast, coast, like you mentioned, it all out hours of the night friday night into saturday morning yeah it was a spectacle a happening it was just it was almost magic to watch unfold it, it was and kudos to you know the folks at, at nbc for totally you know totally getting all of that done again you, you know they didn't you have to do it but they didn't have to do it. i mean it's on at one in the morning so yeah. they're putting in a pregame show but they get liam McHugh, they have all our features i mean it's the resources and just the, the spirit um, of this group. And again, this is my fourth Olympics. It always continues to amaze me, but they were all over it. They had all their bases covered. And again, they did some good things in the pregame show because as we talked about before, you're going to get new eyeballs that have no idea what's going on, but the U.S. is in it, so they want to watch. Yeah. So that's a fine line for us to balance. Okay, it's a gold medal game, so we want to try to lay out and listen a lot. We still have to explain to new people as we do all the way throughout sure. the Olympics, trying to get people in. So it's a fine balancing line, but we had those live shots, which TV secret, I couldn't see, <laughs> but somebody told me they're there. So I have to kind of fill in the gaps, which is, but you know, so it, it was a, it's a long, really stressful night. Um, but again, you know, I, I'm, I'm just hopeful that everybody, it came out the way that we wanted it to come out. And from what I've seen, I think people, uh, you know, appreciated the the hard work and efforts of our entire team, both in the States, back at our headquarters in Connecticut, too. Oh, there's no question about it. Again, uh, wrapping up with Jason Knapp, NBC Sports Play-By-Play, along with Kevin Martin, Trini Kisnerik, who he mentioned. I mean, Dean Gimble, I think I talked to him every single day. As uh, You mentioned yep. he was in Stanford. Uh, Kelly Craig is just one of the best, uh, just a heart of gold. You just had an entire fantastic incredible team that brought it all home and I thought it was interesting something you told me just a few minutes ago before we started that after the U.S. men's game you guys weren't done you quickly had to pivot because you had a bronze medal women's game almost immediately following it what how in the world do you get back up for another one of those not even what an hour or so later Jason just that's our job you know that's you and I and I always say that I I like I try to treat every game the same. Mm-hmm. And I mean that sincerely. Like yeah. it matters to me. Yep. I want to do a good job. I want to be invested. I would be lying to tell you that it was hard to get motivated, yeah. but we did get motivated. Mm-hmm. We realized, hey, we've got the bronze medal game for the women coming up. We've got to find a way to pick it up. So after we got done the medal ceremony, did all that, we went, we ran, we got something to eat, came back and just locked in and 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 got it done. And and you know, as a compelling story for excuse me, the Japanese women to break through and, and win their first ever Olympic medal. So it's just, you know, it's part of the business. You got to do what you got to do. But everybody from the U.S. was still celebrating and we, <laughs> we were back. We were back to the grind. But that, that status quo of the Olympics, it's a long event, but we love it. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. Well, you're back to the grind. And I don't know if celebrating is the word we should use, but you go back on the road this week as you've got uh, college basketball to go knee deep back in. And you mentioned, boy, you quickly had to uh, switch gears on the plane back because you're starting to do game note and, you know, to prep your boards, getting ready for a Patriot League college basketball tournament coming up this week. Jason, I just don't know how you do it. The life of a broadcaster, people think it's glorious. If they only knew the work that it just takes to bring it to everybody, I think they'd be a little bit surprised. Uh, we, you know, I, I try to do prep work. You know, I, I learned from some great people in mm-hmm. preparation and, and 
you know, thinking ahead and planning ahead and trying to be organized and, you know, coming back. And I love college basketball too. So I missed, I missed a month. So I want to get back and and get some games in before I get finished and then uh, get ready to do the Paralympics and uh, everything else that's coming in the spring. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jason, we just can't thank you enough. Again, you'll have the Paralympics coming up uh, March 9th through the 18th. You mentioned not necessarily doing curling, but NBC Sportsnet will have a lot of coverage in our USA curling team led by Skip Steve Imp. They will be there competing in South Korea as well. But, Jason, just again, uh, exhausted. You're back stateside. Just thank you again for your time this year, uh, your time today, and just really can't wait to hopefully see you on the curling trail again. My guess would be it probably wouldn't be until curling night in America in the summer. Fingers crossed uh, on that, but more on that. Uh, Hopefully we will have that later, Jason. Well, we'll see. I do believe uh, we've got world championship events planned in uh, March and in April for the women and the men. Some of those will be on Olympic Channel. Some of those may be on NBCSN. So uh, just keep your eyes peeled. I do know they're in the plans. And again, we talked about before with this win by the men. And also, I should say, a great run for Nina Roth and her team as Absolutely. well. I do think that that both of their efforts um, really have opened some eyes, and mm-hmm. clearly the gold medal may change the dynamic. I mean, we see more funding, you see more sponsorship. That may open the door for even more more stuff on TV going forward for the sport. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Nina because it, it goes without repeating, and we've talked about it before just in these last couple of days. I know that technically, for whatever reason, they they finish number eight, but really it was uh, a, no. it was a tie for fifth. You know, it they is. were so yeah. that shows that the bar, not just on the men's side, but Nina and her team have that bar has been raised. The U.S. is 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 on the up and up, especially on both sides, but on the women's side, not to be forgotten. The job that they did, they should not be forgotten because they played awfully, awfully well. Yeah, they certainly did. They're they're in the mix. I mean. For them, and you look back at USA Curling. I mean, they went out on a limb four years ago to kind of mix mm-hmm. things up. We, we, we've gone through all the Schuster stuff, yeah. with them kind of working back. But it, it, at least it's generated, you know, some better results on both sides. And clearly it be fun to see how this continues to evolve going forward, especially if you start to see – more and more influence on the sport. And I'm not even talking about this group now, but I'm talking about the next generation. Yeah. You yeah. Know, that's what's going to be fascinating. Kids now that are all of a sudden going to say, hey, I want to try this. I want to do this. And where it can go from generations to come for what both of these teams were able to accomplish. And, and Matt and Beck in mixed doubles again, yep. just raising awareness and, and just kind of getting the sport out there for more people to try out. Jason, thank you so much again. Safe travels. Good luck uh, going back to college basketball just for a ever so brief time before the Paralympics. All the best. You got it. Thanks, Bryce. All right. We're talking gold medals. We're talking U.S. Olympic team comes home and bringing home the gold. One of those is Phil Drobnik, the U.S. men's national team coach with Coach Schuster. Came home with a big old fat smile on his face uh, uh, that you would expect in a massive homecoming uh, when you guys got back to Minnesota, Phil. Just, I guess, really, his reality began, begun to set in because that was some spectacle we witnessed at the airport. Uh, police escort getting you guys out of there. Just what a moment. Yeah, it was uh it was pretty it was pretty sweet. Um, you know, we had a little private talk as a team. Um, obviously Matt wasn't there, but uh, right before we went anything went went out because we knew everybody was waiting and um I think the tears started uh for everybody, especially that John and Ty at that point. Yeah. Um uh, and uh and then we went out and and I think they continued and it was a pretty pretty surreal and um we uh we really appreciate everything that everyone did for them and um, you know, I tried to get through as quickly as I could to, uh, mm-hmm. um, just to kind of give them their time and, and, and their, uh, their light. And, uh, it was, it was nice because, uh, I also had a, a bus of people that came from Everest, uh, there waiting for me. So that was, uh, pretty exciting and, and had my own, uh, bus ride home and police escorts when we got about halfway or pretty close to Everest. Uh, we got escorted the whole way to the, uh, to the curling club where they had a, a shindig there, uh, 
uh, Monday night as well. So it was, uh, it was quite, uh, yeah, people are really excited and, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been quite amazing. Yeah, what a moment. Have all those Iron Rangers come down and welcome uh, Coach Drobnik yourself. And, uh, you know, just let's go back to the game just briefly because I really want to talk about stuff moving forward. But, you know, I, I'm going to guess, did, did Mr. T, was he the one that handled your pregame pep talk? Or uh, what did you say to the guys before you went out there? Because whatever you said, obviously you're going to keep that in your back pocket and use that once again. Yeah, you know, um, we we did a, a little thing with Mr. T that was uh, earlier in the day after our practice. Yeah. Um, but you know, we we got into the team room and we kind of did everything as normal. And um, you know, the the guys were great. Uh, they, you know, we do our goal setting. We do our what we're focusing on the, uh, on for the for the game. We do our team goals. Um, you know, the only real thing we uh, I asked them um, if they knew what the date was. Yeah. And. Um, <laughs> They said uh, uh, none of them really knew it was kind of a, um, you know, we've been at the Olympics for so many days. Sure. And I said, well, just just so you so you know, today is February 24th, uh, 2018, and this this date is going to be etched in your mind for the rest of for the rest of your life because it's going to be the day that uh, curling changes as we know it, and uh, we're going to put USA on the map today. So uh, let's go out and be, and be the best that we can be, and you know, a few other things that we talked about and. Uh, um, in there, and then we ended it. I said, you know, you can't. Uh, we can't, it wouldn't be right if we didn't um, uh, end it with at least one little tidbit from Herb. And we said today is going to be our day, mm-hmm. and let's go out and and, and prove it. So um, they were in a good spot. They they had some great words of encouragement for each other, and uh, they were confident. They weren't um, they weren't overly nervous. Uh, and um, I, I I knew uh, when we walked out of that team room. Uh, I think it was Joe I turned to and I said, um, uh, we're going to win this game today. I said, yeah. holy, these guys are ready to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're talking with Coach Phil Drobnik. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Phil. That's two L's. And, you know, uh, white pants and all, this was a, uh, you know, just an incredible experience. Tears flowed, I know, uh, just the moment seeing you on, on television afterwards. But I'm not sure if there's many more people that had as much fun uh, through this entire experience as, as one Phil Drobnik yourself, Coach, because – uh, the pictures you got, uh, opening ceremonies, the closing ceremonies, clearly excited to go out with a gold medal. But, boy, this seemed like just one experience that there was a, a month that will just obviously never be forgotten, so to speak. But just some of the people you interacted with and uh, the relationships and bonds that were formed just seemed like it was an amazing time for you, Coach. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, um, we were a lot of business, and they were long days, and um, – you know, practices at uh, 11.30 at night, not getting there till, you know, getting back to the room. But the one thing um, I felt, uh, you know, the, I have I think I've said this story a couple different times, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, my first Olympics in, in 2010 that I went as a coach, um, I wasn't ready for it. And, yeah. and um, you know, I didn't have enough experience. And um, and this one was different. I, I knew what to expect as a coach. And I, and I knew the little things that we needed to do and take care of and make sure the team was doing um, doing right, but uh, I also wanted to this time um, try to give people back home um, a little glimpse of what the Olympics are. So yeah. um, you know, I tried to do that through Snapchat and and Twitter and get pictures of people and let them see the the various things. And and I can't tell you how many how many messages and and um, uh, snaps and um, <laughs> you know tweets I got from people back home. They were just so many said thank you at the end of just thanking, thanking, uh, thank you for taking us through your journey with it. And uh, I think it helped people to uh, feel like they were a part of the team. You know, they, they, yeah. they really wanted the team to win. And, you know, the guys did a great job with their social media as well, you know, uh, um, obviously with the, with their personal ones and, and um, not overdoing it and not having it be a distraction, but sure. actually, um, reading the tweets to to embrace them and empower them and and make them want to to get and realize that the country's behind you. Just just don't worry about anything and go out and curl. So it was it was pretty cool and um, and it was really an, a, a great thing to be a part of. And um, you know uh, I, I'm happy that everybody back home was able to uh, to live through it. Uh, you know as well through social media. Yeah, you did a great job, Coach, giving everybody an insight and a glimpse into what you were seeing, what you were doing, what the days were like, what the, I mean, just the every uh, everything uh, that comes with that experience. Uh, we did travel with you. We traveled with you from here at home to watch everything and, you know, appreciate the time you took to, to post those kind of things. I know I speak for everybody listening, but, you know, in the short time back, and I know it's not been long, it's just been a couple days, but 
what what kind of game changer is this for USA Curling moving forward? You you probably I'm sure heard of clubs that are you know canceling leagues that, uh, to schedule learn to curls membership uh, additions through the roof. Um, I know it's early to try and even put a finger on this thing, but what kind of game changer is that? Do you think for grassroots curling here, coast to coast in the United States? Uh, yeah, the game of curling has forever changed in the country. It's um, it's uh, there's kids in every school now that are are talking about being curlers, and yeah. uh, that's pretty special. Um, you know, you get into the game, uh, the game of curling when when I got into it because you know you had fun and you really enjoyed it, and then as you're in it longer, you realize that it's really important. Part of the game is to grow the game. Everyone learns that as a curler. It's something that um, you know, at least the, the when when you which which most of us did on our team, um, you know, you're you become now you become in a role that we had and you're ambassadors for the game. So, um, you know, to hear all the stories, to see all the the tweets, to see you know the different videos of all these learn to curls going on and yeah. people getting excited for the game, it just it's just awesome. You know, it's it's everything that I've ever wanted for USA Curling, um, and is to grow and to get people to experience the fun that we have in the game that we love and um it's 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 pretty uh, yeah i don't even know the words for it i mean it's just it's really cool that people are starting to love the game and i just hope it continues you know i hope that we have the opportunity to get these guys to go across the across the country and and do a little tour and try to um motivate uh, kids to curl i know i've it's been a, a couple short days, but I've had every school in the area reach out to me to come and do a mm-hmm. come and do a talk and to come and you know and I'm going to try to do everything I can. Obviously, it's going to be a little busier in the first up until the World Championships, but after the Men's Worlds, you know, right. try to get out and spread the word for curling. I mean, it's 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 a great sport, and we just want more people to get involved in it. Amen to that. All right, Coach, wrapping up with Coach Phil Drobnik here. And uh, one thing I just want you to just kind of explain, because a lot of people have asked, uh, some disappointed, some completely understanding, but just kind of explain uh, Team Schuster, you know, withdrawing from nationals that begin this Saturday. I mean, clearly the chance to, you know, build on the PR aspect of curling, to have a, a lot of appearances, to uh, promote the game. I know there are a lot of people disappointed in Fargo that aren't coming, but just kind of talk about just what went into this decision and, you know, how this thing played out so people understand. Yeah, so, you know, um, this is our first ever gold medal mm-hmm. um, uh, championship that we've ever had in the Olympics, um, and it's the first gold medal we've had uh, on men's side since 1981. Um, curling's exploding across the country. We just talked about that. Yep. And um, it's important as a sport that we capitalize on that. Yep. We capitalize on that through continuing this media cycle, continuing to, to honor these guys, continuing to have these guys face plastered all over the country, whether it uh, through various types of shows, um, promotional things, um, you know, and so that's key. And, um, we also, uh, these guys are mentally drained. Yeah. Uh, they're, they've, they put their heart and their soul into those last five games and they left it all out on the ice. Uh, and then to come home to a, to a whirlwind like we've had and do all this media and then to drive back and go to play in the national championship, it's just not, um, yeah. it's just not feasible. Yeah. It's not setting them up for success yeah. and, um, mentally, physically, um, and you know, had you had you not made the playoffs, you'd have been done uh, a week ago today. Yeah. You had eight days of rest already, and and you'd go in. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it's 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 not impo- It's not only important for these guys, but it's important for USA curling as a whole. Yeah. that these guys are going out and selling our sports. So yep. um, you know, myself and 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 Rick, Rick Patsky and and um, you know, uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Carly Anderson uh, met and talked about it, and, and as well as Derek Brown. Um, about what would be best for these guys and, and said that we'd sit down and meet with them and, you know, and, and, and kind of laid it out for them. And they, they realized the importance that they have. And not only that, but the sponsorship opportunities that are going to become, these guys are taking off yeah. all kinds of unpaid time leave from work and, you know, they're not getting paid. And, and, and this, by being able to promote themselves, sponsorship opportunities are going to be coming up that, that, you know, they may never get again if right. they go and lose in the nationals and all of a sudden they're yesterday's news. And we don't want that to happen because 
this is truly remarkable what they did, and we want them to be celebrated. Absolutely. All right, last question, Coach. Uh, we do have the Nationals coming up in Fargo. It's still going to be a great time. we got great competition, got some great teams, despite our two Olympic teams not competing. Uh, just kind of your expectations on uh, you know watching Nationals play out. we got a week in Fargo there, and certainly uh, we'll turn uh, quickly to the Women's Worlds uh, in Canada and then uh, us hosting the World Championships in Las Vegas for the men. Yeah, it's going to be a great week uh, of curling. Uh, so much excitement is going to be uh, on these these teams that are there um, for an opportunity to go to World Championship. And um, what better, especially uh, you know, on, on both sides, play a, a World Championship in Canada, which we know those are always uh, epic, and then to play a World uh, a World Championship in Vegas on the men's side. These teams are going to be excited to play. There's going to be great competition. Um, you know, there's obviously a couple a uh, couple of favorites coming in. Uh, um, you know, which which are going to draw attention. The uh, you know Heath's team is obviously uh, a popular team around the country. Pete Benson, um, you know, gold uh, bronze medalist at the Olympics, and you know he's coming in with a couple of young uh, the young kids on the front end. They're going to be exciting to watch. And and Richie Ruinen back in back in the skipping role and taking over a team. He's always fun to watch. Uh, you know, so there's there's some. There's going to be some excitement, definitely on the men's side, and then on the women's side. You know, obviously with uh, with Jamie, who's yep. uh, you know a heartbreaker, and the uh, and and as well as uh, you know Corey Christ- Sarah Anderson, Corey Christensen rink, which is um, you know Corey's going to come in mid- midweek and play with those ladies. So it's going to be a, a battle, uh, and uh, just excited to see who can come out of that. And um, they're going to go to the World Championships and have a great chance to to continue this movement that we've had in USA curling and to get some really good results and, and bring home a medal at the men's and from the men's and women's worlds. Awesome coach. Well, that's coach Phil Drobnik, us men's national team coach. Again, follow him on Twitter at coach Phil two L's cannot thank him enough for his time. We'll be right back here on the extra extra and wrap it up. All right. Episode 36. Continuing along, Bryce Atkinson and Joe Calabrese. Appreciate everybody listening. Again, you can listen to past episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, um, Apple Podcast, and also certainly tesn.us forward slash podcast. You can get every episode right there and also on Blog Talk Radio. Certainly a whole lot if you missed anything, get caught up, especially as you make your way, hopefully, to Fargo, North Dakota, where we will be. Starting Saturday, well, actually, technically starting Thursday night when you guys arrive, and then I'll be in on lunchtime on Friday. But everything gears up on Saturday afternoon as we'll have the opening ceremonies, I believe, at three o'clock local time and a four thirty men's draw. Um, who is our feature men's draw? You mentioned it, McCormick, and who was the who was the other team? And Dunham. Dunham. That's it. So four thirty. That would be Central Time, so 5.30 East Coast Time, uh, if you're wondering. But an eight-team field on the women's side, a 10-team field on the men's side. Yes, John Schuster's team has been replaced. We will talk about the replacement team, but let's start on the women's side. And you heard uh, Coach Phil Drobnik talking about it. We know Nina Roth's not going to be there, but Corey Christensen, she is going to be uh, she is going to be coming about midweek to join her team uh, in a hopeful quest for the world championship. But uh, starting on the women's side, I guess you really have to start with Corey's team, uh, but especially Jamie Sinclair, who was a finalist, uh, just fell out to, or you know dropped that best of three to Nina Roth uh, at the Olympic trials, Joe. Yeah, those two teams are definitely going to be the favorites going in. I mean, Jamie's team has been playing well all season, uh, just missed out on that best of three final against Nina. Um, And, you know, Team Christensen, you know, Sarah Anderson's going to be leading that team until Corey gets there with Natalie, the return of Natalie Nicholson. Um, Yeah, a big name in USA curling joins the team to play in Corey's absence. Um, Some great experience there uh, should help them quite a bit uh, until Corey gets back. Um, you know, it, it, eight teams, you know, four will make the playoffs. I mean, the teams that I consider contenders, I would consider Cora Farrell a contender. I would consider Emily Anderson a contender. I would consider Kim Rhyme a contender. Yep. Um, you know, those are probably the next group of teams. And then, you know, you've got uh, the Potals, uh, yep. Anne and Bath, local Hometown, uh, favorites, yeah. of course. I mean, they're going to get some big-time cheers from the audience that's uh, in the arena. 
Then you got Christina McMakin, who um, who did a really good job in the challenge round, and 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 that's how they got there. And uh, so who knows? It, it's I, I think with a four team playoff, um, you know, you can probably pencil in uh, with well, with Marker maybe Sinclair and, and Christensen, but those other two are really up for grabs. And uh, I'm excited to see kind of how how it all plays out. Yeah, it really is wide open. I mean, you got to look at the two high performance teams, but I, I'm not even sure if you mentioned this team, but Cora Farrell uh, along with Kate Flannery, Lexi Land. Again and Rebecca Miles, a junior team, they came last year to Everett in, in more than accounted for themselves uh, very well out there. Um, I think they're a team that could make the, the playoff show. Yeah, I mean, I would say that they're probably in that second group uh, with Emily Anderson and Kim Ryan. Sure. Um, yeah, it, uh, they, they may be, a, a, I don't know how you rank those teams. They're at any given week, I think that they would finish in the same neighborhood. Um, but, you know, I, I certainly expect good things out of Cora's team. They, they definitely fared uh, well in their experience last year, and I would consider them a, a very good contender to make playoffs. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's look at the men's side of things. Uh, Ten-team field. Let's just start, as we mentioned, John Schuster and his team uh, has withdrawn. Uh, you've heard the reasons why from Coach Drobnik. We talked about it in the opening segment. But uh, Team Smith, led by Tucker Smith from Bismarck, North Dakota. Uh, Stephen Dropkin playing with them. Uh, that's the replacement team that will take and continue to round out the ten-team field. What do you know about these guys, Joe? Well, these guys can certainly play. Stephen Dropkin has uh, oh, yeah. a significant amount of national experience. Sure. Uh, Kyle Kakla as well. Tucker Smith. I mean, these these are these are solid, solid players. There's no reason to um, believe that they can't contend for a playoff spot. Um, they were sort of the last team out at the challenge round, and I think that's probably why they got this invitation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, there there's a, it's a ten team field, and there's some strong contenders. But I I feel like these, this team can play. Stephen Stephen showed um, over the last few years um, he's throwing second um, when he was skipping that he could lead a team and and do pretty well at, at these nationals. So um, I like their chances, uh, and certainly they're gonna they're gonna be strong sweepers. All right. Uh... Looking at the men's side of things, I uh, start with Heath McCormick, uh, one of the two high-performance teams, Chris Plies, Corey Dropkin, Tom Howell. Um, you got a couple changes on, uh, on uh, what was the old Team Brown. Craig Brown's team is now Team uh, Croy Nurnberger. You've got Croy skipping, but you got Sean Baton still on that squad. you got Quinn Evenson, who was you know kind of a fifth alternate. And now Derek McLean joins that mix right there. That's going to be an interesting team to watch uh, at Nationals, Joe. Yeah, it's an interesting team. Uh, Derek played mixed doubles, I think, with Alex Carlson. Yep. Um, strong player out of the, the uh, Washington area. Yep. Um, you know, I, this the Nuremberger team, they qualified out of the uh, challenge round, um, but they are a, a strong contender. I would probably put them in the second grouping of people, and they're a, a strong contender to make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, three other teams. That, I mean, this is going to be really interesting uh, how this plays out on the on the men's side. But uh, Greg Persinger, we know Brady Clark is out. Uh, this was a former Brady Clark team, now being skipped by Greg Persinger. I'm not. It, maybe Richie's going to throw last stones. I can't. I, I know Coach Robnick alluded to it, but Rich Ruinen, who was the fifth alternate for Team McCormick. He now is going to be throwing with Persinger and certainly Colin Huffman and Big Phil Tilker. That's going to be an interesting team. I think that's a dangerous team. Yeah, absolutely. I would see, you know, they're probably in the top grouping. I mean, you look at McCormick and Byrne, and you probably figure that they're 1 and 1A one um, coming into this, and Persinger is probably right at that level of just or just below. Um, that This team has some, some battle experience and um, Greg, um, sort of the a steady Eddie, I kind of think of, and then Rich with his fiery personality. It, it may work really well. It might work the same way that it worked with Team Burr yeah. um, last year, uh, with Richie kind of throwing in that in that same kind of role. Um, I think it worked pretty well. Yeah, you mentioned Todd Burr. These guys are back: John Benton, Hunter Claus, and Tom O'Connor. They had a uh, you know a a. a, a <laughs> I mean, they took it to uh, basically as far as you could almost take it at the trials. I know they wanted more, but they took it to uh, what a tiebreaker, I believe, uh, against Heath McCormick. So they're going to be there. And then certainly uh, you look at Team Fencing. Pete's been pretty uh, up front. They want to win it. They want to go to the World Championships. They played some uh, events. But Pete Fenson gets his uh, top lieutenant, Sean Rajeski, back. And then Mark Fenner and Alex Fenson. That's going to be another team. I'm, gonna, I'm really interested to see what happens with Pete and crew. 
Yeah, I think both these teams, you know, they, they look at these worlds as a, as a great crack to kind of, you know, force their way into some scenarios uh, long term, um, you know, make sure that their names are not forgotten in, the, yeah. in this uh, in this new age, I guess, of USA curling. Um, they both have the talent to to make a run. I, I, uh, Burr has kind of shown a little bit more recently, but Pete is a very dangerous skip. And with Sean Grzeski and, and the front end that he's got, um, you know, he's going to make some noise. He, he's going to be right there. Yeah. You got Team uh, Brundage, Jed Brundage out of St. Paul, Alex Leichter, leading Team Leichter uh, from the Boston area. He's got some, uh, what, international, what, World University, was it World University games they were competing at uh, last year before they came directly to Everett? I can't remember off the top of my head. You got Scott Dunham, uh, leading Team Dunham, and then Team Conley, uh, Nick Conley out of Seattle, that's, uh, you know, kind of a hodgepodge with Andy Dunham, Andrew McDonald, and Chase Sennett. Um, you know, there you go. That's your 10-team field. Uh, it, really up for grabs, especially without Schuster there. I mean, it's really anybody's game. McCormick is going to be the odds-on if you got a Vegas favorite, favorite and have to pick one. But uh, I, I could see a couple of these teams coming up and winning this thing, Joe. Yeah, you know, I, I would agree with you that McCormick's probably the favorite. Uh, you got Burr and Persinger, who I think are probably right there. And yep. then that fourth team, it, it's probably going to be between Nurnberger, Fenson. Um, and, and the team that I, I'm sort of thinking as a dark horse is Leichter. Um, I, I like the Rochester connection between Chris Bond and Jaron Wittish, who are both former Rochester <laughs> curlers. Yeah. So uh, I'm rooting for them a little bit in the back of my brain. But uh, I, I just think they have a lot of talent. Jared is a terrific lead um he played with uh the corbett brothers for quite some time um and i I do think that these guys have a good chance of kind of putting something together um and if if pete were to uh to to falter in any way uh, a team like this or or nurnberger would be right there yeah all right joe let's uh let's put a bow on this thing let's uh let's wrap it up uh episode 36 of the extra extra in Again, appreciate everybody listening. Subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. We will be at Shields Arena. The action will begin on Saturday at 4.30 Central Time. Our first draw, that will be a men's draw. You will be able to watch every single draw from start to the very end at usacurl.org. you need any more information, check us out on tesn.us. Joe, uh, I, I, any kind of special things need to need to mention before uh, you know we get out of here about the broadcast? Ways that people can interact, uh, things that might be different that people hadn't seen on the broadcast. This coming because we're going to be doing basically a lot of what we do before. But I know you guys always in BA have some surprises uh, up your sleeve. Well, you know, some of the things that are sort of behind the scenes, you know, I'm going to get a chance to run the Tuckestrator for the first time in quite some time. Uh, we have a touch screen now, so I can actually uh, do things without invoking Brian's help as much. Um, but you know, the thing that's probably most important is that we, we are continuing to use those HD cameras that yep. people helped uh, help us uh, get for the Olympic trials. This will be a full HD broadcast, and we're real excited about bringing that to you. As I said, we jump from game to game. So if uh, we have three different sheets that are available to us at any given time, so when one game ends, we jump right to another one. If you've never seen that before, it's a lot of fun and maybe a little bit different than what you're used to on TV. We, we are able to really um, – go right from one game to another and just finish finish it right up. So um, we're excited. We have a number of guest commentators that are lined up. Price uh, is going to be asked to jump in, I believe, a few times as well. Um, and uh, it's going to be a great week, and we're really excited to bring it to you. Yeah, we're going to bring it to you starting Saturday. And any need for uh, uh, camera operators? Do we need to put any kind of last call out for any volunteer show? Yeah, you know, if you're going to be in the Fargo area for Nationals and you want to help run a camera, we could use your help. So you know, tweet at us at 12th End Sports. That's 1-2-T-H-E-N-D Sports, uh, all one word. And uh, let us know, and we will uh, reach out to you to see if uh, you can help us out. Thanks yeah. so much. And even if it's just for one draw, it doesn't have to be for the whole thing. It might just be for one game. Uh, if you're going to be there for a day, if you want to help out for a full day, any any we can use as much help as you've got the time to give us, right, Joe? So, 
Yeah, it's a great job. You get to be right on the ice, right next to the competitors uh, as the game's happening. It's, it's actually a, a lot of fun. Yeah, it really is. So let us know. Uh, hit us up on Twitter uh, at Twelfth In Sports Network. Make sure you uh, make sure you let us know if you are interested. So Joe and BA, we can uh, hopefully get you scheduled as we need uh, some of the help, uh, especially during the middle of the week. Once we get during the middle of the week, uh, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But uh, for Joe Calabrese, Price Atkinson, just appreciate everybody tuning into the extra extra in. The next time we come to you, it will be at some point from Shields Arena high atop uh, in Fargo as the schedule is jam-packed. We will not be able to podcast every single day and wrap up each day out there. Hopefully we'll get a couple in at some point through the very, very busy draws we're going to have. But until next time, Joe Calabrese, I'm Bryce Atkinson. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you from Fargo. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In Podcast with Price Atkinson. Follow Price and the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, and guests for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In Podcast, powered by Isogenics. Llegó la venta en Vuelve la Alegría de JCPenney. Completa tu lista de regalos y ahorra 25% extra con el cupón de esta semana. O ahorra hasta 80% en joyería fina con ofertas Redbow después del cupón. Visita Sephora dentro de JCPenney y encuentra las marcas de belleza y perfumes que les encantan. Y aprovecha y entrega tu auto. Juntos en celebración y paz. JCPenney. Ofertas válidas del 20 al 24 de diciembre. Aplican condiciones y exclusiones. Sephora se excluye de los cupones. Detalles en la tienda o jcp.com.